wait. Three, two, one. Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. I don't mean to minimize the uh, purpose of Jesus's birth or Christmas or anything of why we celebrate Jesus's birth. But J.C. Cole, it sure is handy when it comes on a Saturday. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. So, J.C. Cole joining us from Lafayette. No, actually, wait, he moved back to New Jersey. No longer yes. in Lafayette. Yes, but, um, you know, I thought uh, instead of discussing the uh, wonderful situation our world is in, okay. um, this, this week we take a break and we discuss some of my adventures um, Christmas holiday cheer and humor. Oh, that's perfect. Yes. I, so I reckon there's a few people that could use some holiday cheer and humor. Yes, I, I think by the end of this this broadcast, you'll be laughing hysterically. <laughs> perfect. That's so, what we need. So, so it always starts with mom. As you know, almost everything starts with mom. So my mom... My mom uh, grew up in the um, uh, the Depression, um, but ended up loving Christmas and started to collect Christmas ornaments when she was young. <clears throat> and so, by the time we have, uh, by the time the kids came along, my brother, my sister, and I—I'm the youngest. Um, mom had trained us all on how to co- collect Christmas ornaments. So we're talking back in the '60s and '70s, right? And um, so. The ultimate present for mom is a unique antique Christmas ornament, which which is great because otherwise you couldn't afford to get her anything that she she wanted. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, and and um, so so I go off to Latvia, and uh, not paying any attention to it and being programmed like nor- normal Americans that uh, they didn't celebrate Christmas or have any religion. And my my uh, my assistant, who who is a, just a phenomenal woman uh, named Nadia, uh, asked, "Well, what is your mom like?" And I said, "Well, she, actually, she uh, she likes Christmas ornaments, antique Christmas ornaments, but you guys don't have Christmas." She goes, "Oh, we have ornaments." I go, "You do?" Well, yeah. How's that? Well, it turns out that Lenin canceled Christmas. Because, you know, he came out and he, he made the statement, you know, religion is the opium of the people. Right? And, and, and there was such a revolt. So that was like 90 or um, that was uh, about, what was it, uh, 1920. Right? There was such a revolt that they brought back the celebration but moved it to New Year's. The former Soviets have a New Year's tree, not a Christmas tree. And all they did was they removed any part of religion from it. And so my assistant gave me a, a bunch, you know, to bring back to my mom. So I brought them back to my mom. My mom was flabbergasted. Oh, your mom them. had to love that. Absolutely. So I had like, I don't know, 10 glass ornaments from the 60s from the Soviet Union. And she just loved it. And then mom says, you know how moms often come up with those wonderful statements. She goes, dear, and I go, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, dear, 
are there any more of these? And I go, <laughs> I, I, I really don't know, Ma. So, you know, meanwhile, I'm trying to lead the American business community in Latvia, and I'm being given assignments for Christmas ornaments by my mother. So I went back to my, uh, uh, um, the Latvia, and I asked my assistant, and I go, well, do you guys have any more of these? She goes, oh, yeah, everybody had them. Well, how do I find them? Because there, there were no stores or, you know, the, and she goes, oh, I don't know. The, the grandmothers um, all have them, um, well, which in Russian is babushka. The babushkas all have them. And, and you know, uh, so I said, okay, well, um, hey, let's put an advertisement in the newspaper that the babushkas read. You know, they, and, uh, and she goes, oh, well, now that will be like five dollars. I go, oh, okay, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll cover it. It makes my mom happy. I, I tried, and so we put an ad into the newspaper for babushkas that we buy glass ornaments. They're actually called tree toys um, in in Russian, and um, and my office got invaded. I I can see this coming. Yeah, and where they're like, oh no, coming in with a little bucket full of ornaments. So it ends up that um, my office got invaded with babushkas and, and all work would stop. And my office, I had a, a bunch of women working with me because they were much more reliable and, and, um, and, and certainly more enjoyable. Uh, and so we'd all stop and look at the ornaments because almost nobody saw a large selection of ornaments during the Soviet time, just one or two. Right. And we'd, we'd go through this whole process. And, uh, and, uh, so I ended up figuring out, you know, buying them for like five cents. So, so I ended up buying everything that came in the door, about 1500 ornaments. Oof-da. And I packed them up into a box and send them to, to America. And, and my mom ran a real estate office and, and her office would stop working <laughs> as everybody went through these these antique ornaments, right? So we have one of the largest collection in the family of, of uh, antique Soviet Christmas ornaments. Tell me you still have this. We still have those. Oh, awesome. This is how I learned the difference between the Russians and the Latvians, is you, ne- you negotiate with their grandmothers. Right? Really? Oh. I, I noticed this pattern evolving. And finally, I could figure out that the woman was... Latvian because they negotiated differently than the Russians, right? It was fascinating stuff. And, and uh, so my mom lived in New Jersey. She passed away a couple of years ago, um, um, lived in New Jersey and, and put up 15 Christmas trees one year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Right. And we actually had the museum, the folk art museum of New York stopped by. Um, because they gave a tour to their uh, part, um, their supporters right. to look at anti-Christmas ornaments. So we not only do we have American anti-Christmas ornaments, which mostly are German, but we had um, we had a, 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 a huge supply of, of former Soviet ones. Right. So so and in that. They, you know, they they took out everything that had to do with religion, but they had other things like um, fairy tales, like uh, Ali Baba and the Forty Thieves. So you'd have a sultan and Ali Baba. 
you'd have uh, inch woman and onion head. These are these are old Russian folk folk uh, stories. But you'd also get the cosmonauts, right? So it, um, the, their version of uh, astronauts, and also a hammer and sickle. So, so we have, oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, so we have on our Christmas tree the hammer and sickle. <laughs> it's like, and and then the most the most unique was a hand blown missile, air to ground missile, where the the Soviets would call them the Mir missiles, and Mir in in uh, Russian stands for peace. So I have a an hand, air to, <laughs> I mean a land to air missile <laughs> with peace and the USSR written on it. Hanging on the Christmas tree. Those things are I don't. I don't think that's a common thing. I think you might no. be unique. Yes, that, that's a little bit different. So, so we were programmed to uh, to celebrate Christmas, and, and, and as uh, you know, I was the first president of the first Western Business Chamber of Commerce, and we're sitting there one day, and they go uh, in 1993. We formed in March in 1993. We go, hey. Why don't we put up a Christmas tree? Because there aren't any Christmas trees. And we said, hey, that's a great idea. Well, where can we put it up? Because um, it'll get stolen. And so how about the U.S. Embassy? The U.S. Embassy had a front yard and a, and a fence and was 24 hours guarded right in the middle of uh, the city of Riga. So we did. So we put up the first outdoor Christmas tree in 50 years since World War II. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. And then all of a sudden, the Latvians go, "Hey, what an idea! Putting up a Christmas tree." <laughs> okay, yeah. So so we put it up, uh, and um, and we decided to celebrate the 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 tree decorating with the Chamber of Commerce on Friday, um, and uh, at the embassy. The embassy had a a restaurant downstairs called Mom's. Coincidence? Shouldn't that have been called Babuska's? Uh, yeah, babushkas. Right. <laughs> hey, JC, we got to break into this story, but we'll pick okay, it up right we'll here when back. we come back. Dr. Nathan Bryan, sir, certainly tied the knots together this week. I think that's what he did. What he did was he gave information that everybody needs to know about healthy living and how nitric oxide plays such a huge instrumental role in healthy living. NO2U.com. Nitric Oxide, N-O-2-U.com. Put Trent as your coupon code to get a 10% discount and free shipping. It is vital. Look at all of the science at the website. Don't just go there to order. Understand why. It's all there. N-O-2-U.com. Back with J.C. Cole after this. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Luce alongside J.C. Cole. Spreading a little Christmas cheer in Lafayette for the first time in 50 years, orchestrates putting up a Christmas tree in Lafayette. That's incredible. That's an amazing story. That, that's that's really neat. So so um, there's something I learned in in Latvia. It was incredibly stressful, but not not our normal type of business stress. I finally ended up calling it idiot stress because just idiotic things would happen. And and so parts of these stories are going to be about my adventures with idiot stress. So we put up the tree. Aren't all stories really about idiot stress, no matter where and who's telling them? <laughs> True. <laughs> so we, we, we put up the tree and we decided to decorate it. And uh, they had happy hour at mom's uh, Friday afternoon. So a few of the participants had already started 
the holiday cheer. And um, we had um, we had a wonderful minister there who um, who ran the uh, English speaking church. I I mentioned to you to him. He came from um, Minnesota, named Arden Haig, who brought a chorus. So we sang the first outdoor Christmas songs um, that that year, and we started to decorate the tree. Well, we forgot we got a twenty foot tree and we forgot a ladder and so we had a bunch of um, big plastic outdoor uh, ornaments we had flown in including these you know uh, eight inch uh, plastic stars so the inspired guys decided to decorate the top of the tree by tying garland to the stars and heaving it over the top of the tree <laughs> it's like um, this looks like the mess we had the American. I see no idiot stressing this at all. I don't. I don't know where you're going with no, it. No. So, so the American ambassador was quite a um, a serious guy at that time, and he looks at me with this look like he was burning through my, you know, my my head. I can he imagine. Goes, JC, I think we're done decorating the tree. <laughs> As, and he's looking at me, and his and his 85 year old grandmother uh, was there. As a plastic ninja star goes whipping right past her head and just missed it, I'm going, oh, geez. <laughs> okay, time to stop decorating We're done. the tree. We're done here. <laughs> so, 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 I, oh, let's go uh, celebrate happy hour, which was enough to get everybody into, you know, moms and 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 turn off the decorating of the tree. So in the morning, I get a call from the administrative officer of the embassy who's very unhappy because the tree looks like animal house. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and he had to, he had to redecorate it. Right. And then he goes, and the ambassador is a little bit upset because you put, you know, you put up a sign as we asked that said, <clears throat> you know, uh, Merry Christmas and a happy new year in Latvian and in English, the sign went up. And it was misspelled in English. They misspelled Christmas in English. <laughs> and this is this is part of the idiot stress. So the person, so the person who was in charge of this whole project was the uh, volunteer accountant for the the um, uh, the Chamber of Commerce. She was an American working for Coopers and Lybron. And so I called her up. I said, "Listen, um, you got to change the sign. You got to correct it, right? Because Christmas is misspelled." And she goes, "No." Go, Wait, what? What do, you, what do you mean? No. I, she, I go, the ambassador is embarrassed and we're embarrassing the embassy in front of the entire entire nation. Change the sign. No. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what? What? What are you talking? I'm your boss. Change the sign. I refuse. Look, if you don't change the sign, you're not going to be reimbursed for everything you've spent. <laughs> and so finally, we got the, change, the sign changed. But that's just, you know, how can... How can you do that? But th- those are some of the crazy things. You, you've given me a new word today, though, babushka. I'm going to adopt. Yeah. I'm going to adopt that word because so it is so it's so appropriate. I mean, the, the matriarch of every family basically has the final say, and that's grandma. Absolutely. And if you think otherwise, yeah, <laughs> yes. So we built the largest building in. Uh, we, we actually renovated the largest building in Latvia, in Estonia and, and Lithuania. It was, it was called J, 
Jacob's Barracks. It was a military barracks originally ordered by Peter the Great from 1750. And it was over 200 yards long. So that's two football fields. I decided to decorate it. I designed the plan to decorate with Christmas lights. And I called up the only company in the country that could do this. And he showed up and I gave him my plans. And I said, give me an estimate. And uh, that's one thing I always learned from the Latvians is get it in writing. And he comes back and he goes, okay, to decorate your building is $30,000. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you know, when, when it costs about a hundred dollars right. to $200 to live a month. Right. right. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. I'll give you one more chance. You reduce this to something reasonable or I'll go right around you. So this is part of the idiot stress. And so he showed back up and he goes, well, we worked on everything and it's $28,000. Of course, you know, <laughs> he's, talk, he's talking to, you know, of course, he's there going, oh, I just struck my gold mine, the, 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 the richest Americans with the biggest projects. Oh, I'm I'm going to tap them. Yeah, and he justified, he justified it. And I said, like, fine, okay, I'll consider your offer. And I went right around him to China, bought, bought the, the lights myself, and, and uh, my team put it up. And it cost probably about, I don't know, $3,000 total. Yeah. You know, for, for it. And, and, you know, that's just a, one more example. So, so here we have this, the biggest building, and we had the, 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 um, the best clientele. Actually, we built the, uh, the American ambassador's residence, the Italian ambassador's residence, the European Commission embassy and the Dutch embassy are all in our project. And that was only a third of the space. So we, we had um, quite the clientele and I had to run 24 hour uh, um, security. So we always had three people on duty. The military barracks paralleled on one side, the moat, you know, this is from, you know, a couple right. hundred years ago. I'm with you, right. Moat. Yep. right. And then on the other side was the city wall that would be like 40 feet high that would keep out the, uh, the invading troops. Now, it's interesting. They put the military barracks on the outside, outside. of the wall. Yeah. Yeah, right. I think that inspired the troops to fight more. <laughs> um, so, so we had this walking street between our project and the old city wall. And there was this grass tennis grass uh, lawn there with a little fence. And I said, boy, that's perfect. It's only a couple, you know, 20 feet away from our building. So I went to the city and got permission to put up the first nativity scene. Oh my goodness. So we, 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 um, we went to the art school and, and uh, there were these three incredible uh, uh, women professors of art. So I gave them a sketch of what I wanted and they built a full size nativity um, just gorgeous, right? And uh, with 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 the barn and everything, and I and of course I was, you know, properly programmed by my mother to you know take this to the nth degree. So I want I wanted sheep, a donkey, and a camel, <laughs> right? And this is in the center of Old Town, you know, and 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 so right. so I called the zoo. The zoo came. And I said, "Listen, I, I, I want to rent a, you know, you know, like." I thought you meant a statue of a donkey, a sheep, and a camel. No, no, I wanted live sheep, 
a live donkey and a live camel. Right. Right, right. right. And so, so I went to the zoo and I said, okay, this is what I want. I want to rent them for 10 days and give me an estimate. They came back. Right. $20,000. I go, I'm not spending $20,000 for animals you have to take care of anyway. <laughs> and, and to promote Christianity and Christmas in your own country. What, what's wrong with you people? Right. So I was really quite upset. And, and he uh, renegotiated my, to 18,000. <laughs> right. One of my, one of, one of my, one of my uh, uh, workers go, you know, we have a friend up in the mountains about an hour away. And uh, he, he's a sheep farmer. Maybe we could call him. And this guy was really cool. He was 80 years old. Oh. So, so, so and in excellent health, he was a veterinarian. He had his own, you know, sheep herd. So he had to go through World War II, probably at the age of about 20 years. And he came down and he goes, and so one of the things is that when you describe a crash or a, or a nativity, if you're describing it to somebody who's like, 70 or 80, they know exactly what it is. Sure. But, but the rest of the people who were raised during the Soviet time didn't. So anyway, he came down, and he goes, oh, wow, you know, you're building a, a nativity. Oh, that's great. So um, what do you want? Well, I'd like about eight sheep. For how long? How about uh, three weeks? He goes, okay. I go, how much will it cost? And he goes, okay, how about, let's see, we got to drive them down uh, $50, to uh, deliver them for gas. And uh, how about if you pay for the food, that's another $25. And how about if you pay me $100? I said, okay, so basically for $200, you'll rent me sheep for three weeks? Yes. Good. (laughs) Roll out, J.C. Cole. More sheep stories after this. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Lewis alongside J.C. Cole bringing Christmas and Jesus to Lafayette a while ago, not yesterday. Uh, I got so enthralled in the sheep story, I didn't share with you that Protect a Harvest continues to bring you the latest information and now focused on the people on the land that make a difference, Lyman Ranch in Utah. Cassie Lyman, congratulations for your focus, Protect the Harvest, and what good work you're doing in taking care of land livestock, and improving the planet and human lives. Get details from Protect the Harvest on a regular basis that will improve your life as well. Protecttheharvest.com. Uh, just as, just because I like picking on you, that uh, that sheep herder in Lafia, he had a sheep flock, not oh, a sheep sorry. herd. Yes. Right. Sheep flock together, cattle okay. herd. We, we, we always have room for improvement. <laughs> anyway 200 bucks gets you these sheep that's fantastic right and and this isn't in the middle of town 100 yards from from um uh, uh the parliament so, so so this is centrally located of course i'm very aware of the difficulties and the idiot stress that that appears so i was very concerned that part of it would get stolen although the statues were 200 pounds each and the sheep we locked up at night so that oh, they couldn't okay go. all right this they, is making more sense yeah they couldn't get and and we hired we hired a um um a shepherd and 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 the the ladies uh, from the art in the, um institute had dressed them out looking like a shepherd 
it was great with the, the stick and, and uh, everything. And, and he watched the sheep during the day. And he ended up getting on TV every year. Me, I got nothing. But and he'd be on the front page of all the, the newspapers. You're still sore what? about this, aren't you, JC? I can no, tell. No, I've, I've learned. I've learned to to to, to uh, <laughs> yes. I had to buy him a pair of Sorel uh, um, uh, winter boots so he didn't freeze to death out there. So, did you get the camel? I never got the camel. I haven't given up yet, Trent. But I never okay. got the camel. All right. Well, you still have time. So, so, yes, so, so I was worried about theft and we, we took the cameras and we pushed them a little bit uh, off the the main part of our building so that they could be watched uh, so that the uh, security guys could see the, the nativity. And we put a walkie talkie behind Joseph. Okay. So that the guards would have direct communication. And I know I'm going to burn for this, but I had, I still cabled Jesus to the manger. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. And of course, my people just looked at me like I was absolutely nuts. But sure enough, one evening, a drunk woman climbs over the fence and tries to steal Jesus. And it's yeah. in a tug of war with Jesus and the and and the uh, manger <laughs> because the steel cable is is attached to it, right? So in the middle of her fighting, trying to steal Jesus, and, and I think she's going to burn also. But <laughs> um, she just wanted to Joseph get a new baby. She just wanted another baby. That's all she wanted. Right? <laughs> so so in the middle of her uh, trying to wrestle Jesus from the crib, right? <laughs> Joseph comes out in real strong Russian. Stop! What are you doing? You're under arrest. And the lady Fritzes doesn't know what's happening. Right? And by that time, by that time, the guards were there and, and nabbed her. Oh my goodness! Right. So you know, these things, these things are true. I mean, these I, are, I, I, I thought you up. were going to say she ran for the fence. She tried to jump over, derobed herself, and she was standing there naked because she had <laughs> got caught in the fence. <laughs> no, but but I'm not done yet. I'm oh, not done yet. Okay. So, <laughs> well, I hope not. We're only halfway through the show. <laughs> I kept my people on a very short chain. They did nothing without my 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 approval. Right. Um. And so I left the company, um, and about a year after I left the company, they, um, uh, my partners who were America, uh, American, they were a bit lazy and wouldn't keep a tight rein on the people. And so they put up the, they put up the nativity and the shepherd. Now the shepherd is generally an un- unemployed guy, so he's not very skilled. He stands out there and looks at the sheep, makes sure somebody doesn't steal them. Well, the sheep came pregnant, and there was oh, a baby. This is going to get good. <laughs> and there was a baby lamb that was born, but the baby lamb wasn't doing very well. So instead of the shepherd calling the building manager and saying, "What should I do?" he calls the farmer and says, "What should I do?" And of course, the farmer just says, "Oh, unfortunately, the lamb can't make it. Um, so if you just..." You know, cut its throat, let it bleed out. It's the best thing for the animal. So the shepherd takes out his knife and he cuts the throat of the sheep. 
at six o'clock in the evening while there is a whole group of uh, young <laughs> students, kids, and on national TV. This is getting really yeah. good. Yes, and so you can't make this up. Right. I, I had left the company, so I didn't get that, that amount of, uh, uh, grief, but they certainly did. And they, they ended up canceling the, uh, the nativity for that afterwards. Yeah, um, I can see that trouble. coming. Yeah. But these are just some of the stories you get. All right. So, you know, can, can you imagine, imagine that? But we put up the first nativity and full size with live sheep. And what, that's there awesome. Was some great but there was some great news about this because, you know, we watched it and it was fun to go by and whatnot. And, and, but we saw like a grandmother show up with her grandchild, children, you know, maybe eight years old. And grandma, who had experienced religion before the war, was there teaching her grandchildren who they were. So she'd be there, okay, that's Mary, that's Joseph, this is the baby Jesus. And these are the three kings. This is Casper, Melchor, uh, and Baldassare. And I'm there like, hey, I didn't even know that. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, so it was pretty neat to see the, the, the good parts of it. So h- how much of that happened in terms of there's 50 years, no religion, but you, there obviously were people there when they were still celebrating Christianity. Did it start coming back? In like like little bitty drips, did people say, well, you know what, we've missed this? Well, well, yeah. For instance, um, it did, and and uh, Riga is a beautiful city like Prague, and, uh, and and for instance, as soon as the Latvians got the idea, hey, look, a tree, tree right? Well, <laughs> so so within two years, Riga city was putting up Christmas trees, and they put up a Christmas tree and decorated it right in the walking street. And sure enough, within four days, all of the ornaments that were lower than six feet are gone. <laughs> <laughs> There's a common denominator in every story. Stuff gets yes. stolen. Right. And so this, this continues. This, 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 this goes. So, so about, uh, it, it, it was an incredibly beautiful city old city and i and i was you know in the personal friends with the mayor of the town and also the prime minister and i kept on going you need a christmas market you need a christmas market i mean for years you need a christmas right. market right and what happened was you cannot travel direct from latvia to new york city you had to take a um you know a, a layover in one of the other capital cities so i would come back with my wife during Christmas times. Now, oftentimes you can't go visit other places during Christmas, you know, so, but we did. So I got to see London at Christmas, Stockholm at Christmas, Copenhagen at Christmas, um, uh, Helsinki at Christmas, Oslo, uh, uh, Prague, Bratislava, um, Bucharest. And I would study what the different cultures did. We'd stay about three days, what the different cultures did for Christmas. And I'd also study their Christmas market, you know, being an engineer and being curious. So finally, I got tired and I, I, I wrote and asked for permission from the Latvians to put up the Christmas market. And, and I, I wrote it in, um, in August. 
November, like November 20th, they gave me back my answer. You have permission to put up a Christmas market. Nice. <laughs> you you have, have all 30 weeks. days. Yeah. Yeah. You have three weeks yeah. to, to, to do it. And, and in the letter, they act, this is just part of the idiot stress. In the letter, they said, but we don't think you'll be successful. Oh, nice. That's all <laughs> the they, motivation you needed right there. Exactly. It got me so angry, yeah. so angry that we, in three weeks, we had it up and running, including all the vendors, including the music shows, including building 50 kiosks for 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 people to to sell goods in, right? That's just what happens when you piss off an American and Dude, you have fifty American would be golf. quite a few in your first year, would it not? What's that? Fifty would be quite a few for your first year. No, not really. I, you know, I, I was working on a building company and how to do modular buildings, so we designed it for. Uh, or a kiosk, we popped them up. No, no, no. What I mean is to get fifty people to show up for the first year, not the not the physical <laughs> building part of it. We we ended up doing it. Yeah. Oh, and okay. Actually, All right. If you get if you get on YouTube and just go um, old Riga Christmas Market, you'll see it. It's gorgeous. Really? Yeah. It's it's still well, it was still functioning until COVID. <laughs> when when of course the. The morons say standing outside in the middle of yeah. Old Town is dangerous. Uh, well, I was going to add when you said you couldn't travel to go anywhere, uh, uh, but you decided to go and you made your way around. I was saying, well, this is just like what Biden said this week. You can't travel to go anywhere at Christmas. No, yeah, Nothing's but, really changed. Well, think of what we ended up doing was first we made Riga a destination for Europeans to come for the week. Uh, because it's uh, Christmas, and I did not, and we were very strict on what was allowed to be sold at the Christmas market. So we didn't want to get, you know, all you know, like mobile phones and uh, and uh, commercial uh, garbage. Right. So Riga has, you know, handmade candles. Um, I, I hear they have a lot of glass ornaments for Christmas trees too, but <laughs> that, that's just rumor. I've not seen it. I have to take a break. I want to remind you that Lone Creek Cattle Company provides the opportunity for cattlemen to be a part of a value-added program. Use the Piedmontese bulls from Lone Creek Cattle Company. Verify that you have calves sired by these bulls and they possess the myostatin gene. That's a simple process. Take a little tissue sample, send it into the lab. You get a result back telling you what sire they're out of. And if they possess two copies of the myostatin gene or one copy, you only have to have one copy in your calves. The sires have two. Details about all of that and what the premium is at LoneCreekCalico.com. We're back with the last segment with J.C. Cole after this. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Loose. Christmas week 2021, J.C. Cole bringing us a tremendous amount of Christmas cheer. Uh, so, so the market's still going until COVID. That's incredible. And you did the, you started it in 93? No, 2000. We put up the Christmas tree in, in uh, 93. Then we decorated the building okay. in 98. And the, the crash went up about um, 98. And, uh, and then we did the, the, I did, did the market in 2000. Uh, before you continue on something I'm just burning to know is that you obviously grew up in the same Christmas atmosphere family that I did. 
What's it like to be in a country that has no religion? Well, um, it actually, there were hints of the religion, and it was interesting to see it come back. Does that mean it was underground, hints of the religion? Well, I wouldn't call it necessarily totally underground, but but it 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 um it it replanted and 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 came about. But those are a whole bunch of other stories. So so continuing on on my Christmas adventures, I get a fax from my mother. Dear, I was researching <laughs> Christmas, and it looks like the first written historical evidence of a Christmas tree was 1510 in Riga, Latvia. you got to be kidding me. No. And I'm like, oh, my mom's telling me this is the first place, this is the birthplace of a Christmas tree. Of course, it, it probably came much earlier, but this is the written history. So I hammered on the Latvians to, to realize this and use it for, um, you know, for a promotion for tourism. And finally, yes, there is now a plaque in the middle of Old Town saying this is the location of the first Christmas tree. And I, and one of my American friends actually trademarked Riga, the birthplace of the Christmas tree. Wow. Which, of course, pissed off the Germans, but tough. <laughs> yeah, and, and, Germans need to have a little more idiot stress on their life as well. Right, right. So, so uh, yes. Um, so, so, uh, Riga is the birthplace of the, the Christmas tree, right? And I, I figured I'd go down a couple really interesting things. So, 1843 in London, what happened related to Christmas? I have no idea. First Christmas card. Was oh, printed. really? All right. 1847. This one's tough. This is, yeah. Uh, 1847 in Laoshaw, Germany, which is a tiny little town in the mountains. What happened? Make, the, make first, the first glass Christmas ornament was made. In 1847? So the, in 1847. They were, um, they were a mining company, uh, I mean, um, town, and they figured out how to put like a silver oxide inside of a uh, hand-blown glass. And in 1880, um, uh, F.W. Woolworth was touring Germany, and he found these, and he started bringing them into America in 1880, right? Which is how a lot of our Christmas decorations started from Woolworths. That makes sense. Right. And now, now we come to New Jersey. What famous happened in New Jersey in 1882 in Edison, New Jersey? Hint, hint, Edison, hint. <laughs> Some light bulb went on the top of the tree. Oh, Christmas lights were put on a tree. Exactly. Yes, Edison invented the, the Christmas lights. Yeah. Right. So it's those Jersey boys. You just can't get away from them. Yeah, I right. can. I can, actually. Uh, <laughs> okay. Now, here we go. Here we go. This is this is going to be the, uh, the the quiz of the day. Name the okay eighteen um, no nineteen fifty eight. Right, the first ever Christmas song reaches number one. Okay, Bing Cosby. You ready? Yeah. 
chipmunks. Ready to sing your song? Okay, Simon. That's not Bing Crosby. Okay, Alvin. Alvin. <laughs> oh my goodness, the chipmunks. <laughs> yes, the only Christmas song to make number one is Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Chipmunk song. The only one ever? Yes, the only one ever to make num- uh, the number one spot in the country. Not even Ben Crosby. And, no and, kidding. Uh, you're right. I, I almost fell out. And, and Trent? That was the first album I ever owned. My my dad gave me that album for Christmas when I in like 1962. <laughs> oh, be darn. Right, right. So that's some great trivia right there. Oh yes. So let's let's move on a little bit. Uh, okay, past what's the, the largest? Be past the chipmunks? Are you sure? <laughs> yep. Well, uh, we could stay, but I think we lose a lot of listeners. <laughs> Right. Okay. By the way, that that album is dear to my heart, so I play it every year and and, and just uh, enjoy it. So, um, what what what's the largest Christmas shop in Europe? What well, it's now second largest, but what's the largest? I have no idea. It's called Catherine uh, Catherine, uh, Catherine Wolfarts, and it's in Rothenburg, the Tauber, and it is incredibly gorgeous. I um it it's the one of the only cities in Europe that still has its old uh, Teutonic wall guarding the city. So mm-hmm. if anybody gets to Germany, I highly recommend it. But what's the largest Christmas store in America? I don't think I want to know the answer to that question. <laughs> it's Bonner's in Frankenmuth, Michigan. So Frankenmuth. Little... Frankenmuth. Oh, Mirth Booth. Okay. Yeah. I was. Oh. Right. Oh, so I have been there. That that wasn't where I I misunderstood the question. Uh so I, I thought you were gonna go with some chain super center on the edge of town that sold more Christmas stuff than anything. That store, by the way, you mentioned and that little town, I don't know if you know the history of that town, but it is open for Christmas sales three hundred and sixty four days a year, Frankenmuth, Michigan. Yes. Pretty neat. I've not been there. I have been to Kath, uh, Kathy Wolfarts in 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 Germany. I've, I've, so, I've been to Frank. Well, until April of 2020, I spoke in Frankenmuth almost every year. Excellent. So yeah. hopefully that you have an ornament for every time you went. I don't think I have one. <laughs> you have one. I gave you an ornament. Not from Frankenmuth. Okay. No. No. It was from the White House. Yeah. By the way, the White House has a collection every year of ornaments going back, boy, I think the 1960s. Right. So with that, let's let's look at, you know, Christmas is coming up and, you know, God bless America. We're we're here and we're fighting. So how about some Christmas gifts some for some real value instead of, you know, getting the pink bunny rabbit slippers which uh, you'll you'll never wear. Right. True story. Um, Yep. Um, so I thought I'd run down a couple of the, the last minute items that you could give some people. Like one is a Coleman stove, because if you have a Coleman stove, you always have the ability to cook food. And uh, and if, if things get a little bit hairy, 
that would be great. The other is, you know, a big Berkey water filter. Now, I understand these aren't the most, you know, emotional things, but. I mean, nothing says I love you at Christmas more than a Berkey water filter. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and uh, I mentioned to you you can <clears throat> you can buy cigarette lighters in packages of fifty. They're only like twelve bucks, and and you know that gives whoever you give it to. They have cigarette lighters everywhere, so they can start fires. Um, a seventy-two hour pack, which is you know you can buy them off the internet um, or make them yourself. That you know that uh, is ready. That in an emergency you can grab and leave the house. And now we see you know. Unfortunately, we're having emergencies around the world of people having to leave. Um, a multi-tool. I mean, I, I go everywhere with a multi-tool um, these these days on the farm. Like a Comes Swiss Army knife? Well, it's like a Swiss Army knife on steroids. Got it. You know, um, um, what was it? Leathermen make generally yeah. can, um, the best. Right. They are silver. Handy. Silver eagles. Silver, silver coins, um, you know, because um, I think we're going to have a revaluation of the dollar and silver is going to skyrocket. And people will just put those in their drawer and forget about them until they become very, very valuable. All right. A tactical flashlight, you know, because now with these uh, LEDs, these things are incredibly powerful. They make up to 2000 lumen flashlights. Um, and you know, about the size of a, a, a pen, um, they're, they're good. Of course, you know, maybe a container of dehydrated long storage food, um, so that they, you know, they, uh, are, uh, always have something prepared. A Mr. Heater propane heater, um, because if the lights go out and the electricity goes out, most people lose their heat. And at least you have a temporary little heating machine. And, of course, there are two books that I constantly have always recommended. One is Dare to Prepare by Holly Dale, and the other one is When Technology Fails by Matt Stein. And, of course, what we're seeing is technology failing. You know, um, um, you know a couple of the electric plants have gone down in, uh, in Europe and, and creating quite, quite a disturbing situation. Um, but, you know... We uh, need to rejoice and, and be happy that, uh, you know, we can celebrate Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, it's not the stuff you buy. It's the family members you spend time with. Of course, if you have a Coleman stove so you can cook and feed everybody while you're together, it's a lot better. Right, right. Or better yet, you gave it to your wife so she gets to cook and feed everybody. Yeah. But Although, here's, the, I, I, here's the other part of that, JC. I'm looking at a, a little hole in the ground with some bricks around it and an arm over the top. I've got yeah. my own Coleman stove 365 yeah. that just lays out there. It might be snow covered at times, but it's available. <laughs> right. You you'll find you'll find it's it's easier to make your coffee and faster on the Coleman stove. I I just wanted to give you that hint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's that. If you have coffee Right, and you can you can have coffee, and you might have to go to freeze dried coffee. I know this this, this is pushing it. It but is pushing it. Yeah, but at, at whatever time. it takes to keep it coming. That's the moral of the story. All right, JC, have a merry Christmas, and thanks for this wonderful story. This was fantastic.
Yeah, so God bless America. Merry Christmas, everybody, and happy holidays. No better place to end it than right there. We have journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. Both J.C. Cole and myself remind you that all roads do lead to a rural route with a tremendous amount of Christmas cheer.